Hello and welcome to the Birth Stories podcast. I'm your host, Chase. This is a place where women share their unique pregnancy journeys, birth stories and postpartum experiences. We hope to help educate future mothers and allow them to have a safe and positive experience. So since birthing my daughter and becoming a mum, I believe sharing our experiences helps us process them, as well as educates parents-to-be on what may lie ahead. So due to the topics that we're discussing, please do be mindful around little ears. Now on to the show. Hello, thank you so much for coming back for another episode of The Birth Stories. This week I got to speak to one of my best friends. We have been friends for over 10 years and we just so happened to get pregnant three months within each other. Um, So it's been very, very special and it still is going through these crazy journeys together. Emily is three months ahead of me. Her daughter Ophelia is three months older than Bonnie. And I have probably sent her thousands of messages questioning things. Is this normal? Am I doing this right? Just venting to her, really. (laughs) So first of all, thank you to Emily. Um, But also just a reminder that you should make mum friends, go to baby classes try and go to NCT groups, look online. I know the app Peanut is really good for connecting you with other mums. Um, I really think it is so important to be able to talk about the situation you're in and have other people relate. So yeah, that's my tip for the week. But um, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Emily. She had a vaginal birth and um, she used lots of hypnobirthing techniques to get her through and she also had pethidine as well um but overall a really positive beautiful birth and yeah i hope you enjoy i'll see you next week hi emily thank you so much for joining me today no worries thank you for having me Thank you so much for making the time. I know you're so busy with work and your child, well, children, I suppose. So thank you for making the time. I really appreciate it. That's fine. I think I'd much rather be doing this than work, to be honest. So (laughs) happy to to make the time. Bless you. Um, Well, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us a bit about you and your family and where you live. Yeah, of course. So yeah, my name's Emily. I've got an 11 month old called Ophelia. Um, It's her birthday in what two and a half weeks, which is wild. I can't believe she's going to be one. Um, I am also, I suppose, technically, you could call me a stepmother, but I absolutely hate that word. Um, To two two twin boys called Albert and Arthur, um, and they are 13. Um, They are a massive pain in my arse, but they're also really lovely. So, yeah, I got a lot on my plate, and I've also got a dinosaur sized dog called Baxter. Um, and we live in the southeast um so yeah crazy crazy busy life and I work um full time as well um so it's pretty full on (laughs) bless you yeah you you have a very busy life and I'll definitely touch on that once we get to your postpartum bit of sort of when you went back to work and how you coped and stuff with that because um I'm very eager to know because I'm going back soon as well so (laughs) that'd be great (laughs) 
Um, well, let's start from the start. Were you trying to fall pregnant when you did, or was it a total surprise? No, we weren't. We weren't actively trying, but we weren't actively not trying. So, to be honest, I was in a bit of a kind of rut. I did want a baby, but if I'm really honest, my mental health wasn't great at the time, and I was in a bit of a kind of self-destructive cycle of like drinking too much, going out too much, and just my anxiety wasn't great. So I wanted a child, but I was kind of worried whether I was kind of in a fit state, I suppose, to be a parent. Um, So no, we weren't actively trying, but we weren't actively not trying. So when we did find out, I was in total disbelief. Uh, We did, although I'm not sure why I was so surprised. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was a massive shock. So what made you take a pregnancy test? Had you been following your cycle? Like, obviously, you weren't, I assume you weren't taking any contraception or anything. No, so I haven't taken any contraception for a long time, actually, to be honest with you. Um, it just never agreed with me, like, ever. It just made my mental health so bad. So I suffer with, now I know, um, I've been diagnosed with OCD, but also just, like, general anxiety. Um, and whenever I was on the pill, it would just make me so depressed and so anxious. Um, and so I came off that kind of probably about two or three years before we were even talking about you know having having children and stuff um so yeah what made me take a pregnancy test my cycle was all over the place um before I got pregnant anyway and I was actually booked in to go to the doctors to start speaking to them about it because I was a bit concerned like I'd sometimes only have like a week and a half gap between a period sometimes I'd have six weeks and it was just totally irregular and I had no idea what was going on um and So there was nothing, and I don't really believe, I'm not one of those people who kind of believes in like, I don't know, the power of knowing or anything like that, but it was really weird. It was on the lead up to the Jubilee, um, and I had plans that weekend to go out, and essentially I was planning on getting drunk. And I don't know what... To be fair, most of the UK were, so don't be hard on yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I'm pretty sure it was just like a four-day party, to be honest. Um, Mm. But yeah, I don't know what made me go to the shop and go and get a pregnancy test because I hadn't done anything differently that month in terms of like our sexual activity or anything like that. There was nothing in my site, like showing in my cycle or how I was feeling in terms of like thinking I was pregnant, nothing at all, but something made me go to the shop and buy a pregnancy test before the Jubilee. Cause I was, I don't know. I suppose, I, I suppose I just thought to myself, like if I'm going to go get absolutely white girl wasted, like I need to know whether I'm pregnant, but nothing had made me do that previous months. So mm. I got a test, did the test and it came out negative and I was like, oh good, like I knew it was negative anyway. I didn't think I was pregnant. Thought nothing of it and went on to like do my Jubilee celebrations as everyone else did in the country. And then this is probably the worst thing to admit ever. People are gonna think I'm a really bad mum, but um on the Same Sunday way. After I'd, I'd finished my partying, I still hadn't come on my period. But again, this wasn't particularly abnormal because, as I said, my cycle was all over the place. So I was very used to kind of not really knowing when I was going to come on my periods and so on. Mm. Um, but I was, this is so bad, but I was hungover. And I, I just, as I opened the bottom drawer, as I was in the loo to go to the loo, I saw another pregnancy test and I was like, oh, I'm just going to do it. And then I did it fully expecting it to be negative again and mm. it straight away came out positive I was like 
oh well that's not yeah it was how a did you feel surprise. when it came up did you like were you did you feel like excited or scared or uh, do you know what like this again this is going to sound so awful and I don't want to sound ungrateful because I know that some people try and try and try for children and like I I know and especially now since having Ophelia like she is the best gift that I could have ever asked for and I wouldn't change it for the world but if I'm fully honest when I first found out I was pregnant I was just felt like full of fear and dread I was not excited at all I was more just like oh my god this is actually real I don't know if I'm capable of doing this and I'm going to have to sacrifice my whole life. And I was much more like negative about the fact that I was going to have to sacrifice so many things rather than the fact that I was going to gain something. But I think I put that down to just like not knowing, like not knowing yeah, how amazing know what you were gonna was going to be. Do you know what I mean? Like you didn't know the little things they do or anything like that, they make you smile. Yeah. So you went to know what you're in for. Do you know what I mean? And it is really hard. <laughs> that it change. is so really hard. It's normal to feel like that. Yeah. And I think, you know, being a stepmother, whatever you want to call it, like to two children that aren't your own requires, and I'm not, you know, saying this to make myself sound like the best person in the world, because I promise you I'm not, but it requires a patience like no other, like, for your own children and I know this now that I've had a failure no matter how like frustrating they are being you might Mm. want a short break from them and be like okay I need a couple of hours of free but then you'll start to miss them and the sad reality is when they're not your kids or maybe I'm just a bad person I don't know but I I do want them I do want them to go back to their mothers for a week and I don't want Mm. them to come back within that week I need my time and I think because because like having them around has been like it's not been easy it's been incredibly stressful for me I think the only connection that I could make to having children was that kind of experience that yeah. I had with them and thinking mm. oh my god like how are we going to fit this in our already ridiculously busy lifestyle mm-hmm. and surely I'm just going to go absolutely mad with stress yeah so for context when you got pregnant you were what 26 27 I was struggling to think about how old I am now. Um, yeah, I was 26. 26. And the boys were, what, 11, 12? 12. And so, and all, you hadn't known them since they were born, Not probably not until, like, a lot later in their life. That's mm. all you know as a child. Like, you didn't see them as these cute little toddlers rolling around no. and, and grow up with them. So that that's all you can relate to. So I think that would be really difficult. And, like, yeah, just the thought of also... Half the time you do have two twin boys to look after. Um, how am I going to do that with a baby? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's constantly a juggling act because, you know, I try and be as fair as possible. Um, but the, the time in which, like, the children require, it's totally different. So, like, as children get older, their problems become more complex. It's mm-hmm. less like they need food they need this like they can go get their own food if they want to sure I'm going to have to clean it up or whatever because they're incapable of doing that properly but their problems become much more like emotional in terms Mm -hmm. of like you know yeah like bullying or I've got a girlfriend or breakups or dealing with bodily changes and all that sort of stuff whereas when babies are you know babies they are much more kind of like I want a cuddle I need sleep I need food 
like as much as it's really time consuming those pieces it's not as complex and so it's quite difficult finding that balancing act between both of them and making sure Mm -hmm. that we're giving both the boys and Ophelia what they need emotionally and physically from us Mm -hmm. it's tough I can't I honestly cannot I have one baby and it's so hard so (laughs) the fact you have three children that you look after is I take my hat off to you honestly thank you very Um, much and how was your partner then when you got the positive test was he excited was he did he feel the same as you did well he was equally hungover <laughs> this is so true like you were hungover that is so unfair to find out on a hangover I know. do you know what I mean I think I would have been so much more different if I wasn't like so tired yeah and so, so tired probably anxious because you haven't slept very well yeah, and it's not exactly the best starting place. You're not like, oh, yeah. great, golden mother aboard. Like, <laughs> so yeah, yeah it wasn't. Think, God, I hope they're okay and all that sort of. Yeah, thing. exactly. And yeah, no, he. I th- do you know what? I think he was a lot happier than me. Like, he was the one who had been beating the drum more so that he wanted a baby, um, mm-hmm. specifically that he wanted a little girl. Um, Aww, so he was sweet. much more excited. I remember he reached out to hug me and I just totally like pulled away (laughs) (laughs) poor thing (laughs) I was just like I'm not ready to embrace right now (laughs) whatever you're feeling I am not there yet (laughs) just slow down a second (laughs) oh bless your heart Um, oh yeah so how then throughout the first trimester did it sink in and like after the hangover and how did you feel yeah. did you have any more like symptoms or anything like that yeah it's funny almost as soon as I found out that I was pregnant the symptoms started um mm-hmm. because I really did have nothing leading up to that point um but again it was really early but pr- I remember pretty much the week after oh my god the tiredness it was just like I have never felt exhaustion like that in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that for me was incredibly depressing. And I think I did, in terms of like, did it sink in? I did what I try and do in every element of my life, which I'm desperately trying to to get better at not doing, was trying to plan everything to the eighth degree. So I obviously started a spreadsheet and started like making making a list of what I need to do leading up to it and courses that I need to go to and books I need to read. And essentially, I feel like I sometimes do this to actually try and avoid the emotional side of how I'm feeling, mm-hmm. like actually kind of sitting with those feelings and being like, oh my God, this is really daunting. I'd rather try and plan it to the, you know, to every degree so that I kind of don't yeah so I don't have to deal with those feelings I put Mm -hmm. those to the corner and I'm kind of very like systematic about it but the fact of the matter is what I really needed to do at that point and if I could go back now was less of the planning and actually just sitting with those feelings and Mm -hmm. kind of understanding that it's okay not to feel overjoyed at first and that it's okay to feel like pure pure like fear at the time mm-hmm. and that that doesn't mean that you're not grateful for the journey that you're about to go on or that you're you're not grateful to to be pregnant but that it is actually incredibly scary and that not everybody needs to be filled with like oh I'm so ecstatic I'm crying with happiness feeling in order to actually you know it doesn't mean I don't want her or want mm. that baby it's just no, it's a all. lot it's a mm-hmm. lot of information to take on I was going to say, actually, how does your OCD, if you don't mind talking about it, how does your OCD yeah. present itself? I wonder if that has anything to do with it. Yeah, so um, 
I'm learning more and more about my OCD as time goes on, to be honest with you. It wasn't, um, it wasn't until two years ago that I got diagnosed. Um, I found it really, really difficult to get diagnosed because every single time I went through the NHS, like this isn't me bad mouthing the NHS. Like I love the NHS. I'm so grateful for them, but unfortunately they don't have the resources nor the time in order to kind of like pull these things apart and really give people the time and attention that they need. Um, But every time I went to the NHS with it, they were like, yeah, it's generalized anxiety disorder. And I was like, but it's not like this can't just be generalized anxiety disorder. Um, and essentially in terms of how it presents itself, like I've kind of got like pure obsessional OCD. So, um, yes, I am a clean person. Yes, I clean when I'm anxious, but that's not really my OCD. My OCD is much more the obsession, like the obsession of horrible thoughts. So mm-hmm. I used to be obsessed with the fact that I was going to kill myself. I had suicidal OCD. So if I drove past a tree or something, like my brain would go drive into that tree or, um, and now like in terms of like with Ophelia now, um, it's very much like sometimes I'll just, I mean, I don't get them anywhere near as much anymore. They're just kind of like, I don't know, maybe once a week or whatever, but it'll be like, why don't you throw Ophelia down the stairs? Like, it's just Mm -hmm. like random thoughts. And then Mm -hmm. the habit is that you mull over and over those thoughts. What's the funny, the funniest thing about it is, is that actually during pregnancy, I didn't have one, not one like horrible thought not one my OCD like totally went it's probably the calmest I have ever felt in myself probably the most confident I felt and probably the happiest I've ever been was when I was pregnant I think my partner would probably argue that because I think I was a bit snappy towards the end (laughs) yeah but I I think yeah I, I don't I honestly don't know like for me like I look back at my pregnancy like as much as I hated feeling absolutely humongous, like my feet were huge, my fingers were huge. I was so puffy. I was really uncomfortable, the morning sickness, the tiredness, you name it. Yeah, I hated all that. But in terms of the journey itself, I touched on at the beginning that I was kind of in quite a self-destructive cycle before I was pregnant. And mm-hmm. to be honest, lacking a lot of confidence and just feeling generally pretty lost in life. And pregnancy like forced me to finally look after myself properly and taught me what Mm -hmm. looking after yourself actually means and I think I'm really good at looking after other people I'm not so good at looking after myself um but I think because I was pregnant I had to look after myself because in turn that was looking after the baby um, yeah that's so sweet and so it taught me to I mean I was eating well don't get me wrong I was still eating loads of galaxy and stuff like that but I was eating like good meals I was drinking I was exercising I was reading I was meditating I was journaling like all of these things I promised I'd carry on doing after giving birth and I'm not (laughs) but it's all because I was looking after her (laughs) exactly but it's really funny how my OCD for me just went that is so weird isn't it maybe it was because you were doing all those things and Maybe. you slow down. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I don't know. I do think it but does it was force you into like strange. a wholesome girl era. <laughs> yeah, it does. And now I think, <laughs> you know, I do appreciate just time by myself so much more. I don't feel the need to mm. go out and socialize all the time. It does. It, it it does teach you that you're just so much more happier in your own company. Definitely, I agree. Definitely. So did you know much about babies and birth? Did you do any sort of birth education courses or anything? Um, 
No, I knew nothing about babies and birth. Uh, I had hardly ever held a baby, to be quite honest with you. Um, like, I haven't had that many babies in my life leading up to, to now. Mm. So, um, no, I, I knew nothing about babies, nothing about birth. Um, one of my good friends gave birth in the summer before me. So kind of was speaking to her, obviously, about what it was like. I think, if anything, that just filled me full of more dread. <laughs> Because it was just like, oh my god! I remember going around there when I was like, yeah, I remember when I went around there when I was like sixteen weeks pregnant, and I think her little one was like relatively newborn or whatever, and I was like, oh my god, this is this is a lot. I just remember being so anxious afterwards. (laughs) Like, I can't do this. This is too much. I remember. I remember coming to meet Ophelia, and I don't know why. I must have been like thirty four weeks or something like I was big and like ready to pop and I held Ophelia and I was like oh my god she's so beautiful and so cute but for some <laughs> reason I had this expectation that I was gonna love her like she was my own baby when of course <laughs> I didn't and then yeah. I was like oh my god like am I not ready for this like and it freaked me mm. out and then I was like what am I talking about like Ophelia's not my baby like I love her she's <laughs> baby but yeah, it was weird. I think that it is strange when you see a baby when you're pregnant and you're like, I hope I love my baby more. <laughs> yeah, I think, do you know what? For me, I've never really liked kids. Like, mm. they sounds really bad, but they annoy me. Like, they're just loud yeah, and like, like they're covered in bogeys and stuff. Like, they're just gross. Like, they interrupt. They're just time, like, take your time up I've never had a positive <laughs> positive kind of feeling <laughs> towards children like I always used to be that person who used to see people posting pictures oh, of their family. children on social media and I'd be like god why does anyone think they care now I'm like constantly <laughs> posting photos of Ophelia knowing full well yeah. that everybody's like oh another photo of Ophelia yeah, and I'm like yeah, I don't yeah, care. yeah same <laughs> I'm exactly the same that's so funny <laughs> um did you do birth education courses then I don't know if you went to NCT or anything yeah sorry you asked me that um yes I yes I did so basically I I, again I did what I usually do um with everything in my life and went totally OTT on everything and like I did um I did that online the birth chapter um course absolutely loved that like really really loved that it was really really easy as well like I was just watching a couple of the videos every single day it didn't mean I had to go anywhere or anything um and then Mm -hmm. as well as that I was reading books and listening to podcasts as well like just anything I could get my hands on really I was kind of doing um I read the like I can't remember what the book is but I was reading at least like 15 pages of that every single night and like underlining things and like was it the hypnobirthing one I think you might have sent it to me Yeah, yeah 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 the hypnobirthing book so I didn't really know what the hell hypnobirthing was. Like when mm-hmm. my friend first said it to me, I was like, what, what can like hypnotize me during. Yeah, it sounds very birth, like, like hippie. Sounds, yeah, it does. <laughs> and I was like, that's really not up my street. But, mm-hmm. um, but my friend recommended it to me um, with the caveat of that she didn't end up doing any of it in her birth just because it went so wrong. But <laughs> that she wishes she did because there was some like really useful stuff in there. Um, so yeah, I kind of decided that I wanted to take the hypnobirthing approach. Um, and so did the birth chapter, um, 
course online and then we also so I signed up myself and my partner Hayden to go and do like a face-to-face sort of like sort of like NCT but through another uh, provider um, locally to us and there was three sessions and we went to that I think Hayden turned up to the first one hungover which was (laughs) great um were they local to you yeah they were local to me I think he had had a birthday party the night before the first (laughs) one and I'd like said to him look I really want you to take this seriously okay like I know like for you you're probably not but like for me it would mean a lot to me if you just took it seriously and like listen to what was going to happen because sorry I should have probably said this before so obviously Hayden has two other kids but Mm. um he had uh, his last two children were born at 27 weeks and both like very nearly died um so he never had the experience of an not a normal birth that's a horrible thing to say but like your conventional birth do you know what I mean like vaginal birth he he never he never experienced that um because it was very much like uh, a an very emergency. Like, emergency situation yeah 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 absolutely um so he didn't know anything about birth um and he didn't even really know much about newborns because they were in hospital for three months afterwards so by the time they came home they were like oh fully in a routine and everything and like all mm-hmm. this sort of stuff so he didn't he didn't know any of that so I was kind of like look please like take this seriously like it means a lot to me I want you to know what happens to my body and or what might happen to my body and like mm-hmm. things, things that I want you for. to yeah exactly like things things that for you to know that are kind of like my preferences and stuff like that well it's safe to say he didn't uh because he turned <laughs> up <laughs> so hungover he honestly stank like a brewery like he he had bright red eyes because he'd obviously (laughs) hardly slept and I was like well this isn't a good start is it uh so I had to turn up with him and I was like look you need to sit far away from people because you stink like it's not normal (laughs) to turn up smelling of alcohol so badly um so that was great um but we did we went to (laughs) we went to another session and if I'm really honest they were good this sounds so arrogant but I knew it all yeah because I'd learned because I'd been reading so much and doing the course on the side and stuff like this I, I there was nothing in there I didn't know the bit that I did find valuable was um like how to put on a nappy <laughs> I'd never done that before so I actually found that quite useful um Hayden was already a pro because that was something that he'd obviously done with the boys and stuff so that was good um uh, I mean he definitely did learn some bits and bobs um that was quite useful like for example he came out of the second session and was like I had no idea that like a girl a little baby girl can bleed like a couple of days after giving birth and he was Mm. like that's actually quite useful to know because obviously if I saw blood I'd probably really panic but actually knowing that that is is relatively normal uh, Mm. or is normal is actually really useful so I think I'm being unfair I do think there was elements that he that he learned and I'm sure you explain things to him as well like at home because I used to sit down to Sam every night and say right 10 minutes just listen to me for my cervix to open, I need oxytocin. Do you know what it is? <laughs> I used cervix, to do I'm this. Labor, like, this is what I need from you. When we're in that room and they ask to do something to me, if I don't want it, you have to tell them. Um, yeah. And just stuff this like that. This is exactly you know what, what I, mean? I did. I used to quiz him. I used yeah. to literally quiz him. <laughs> And create How many centimeters dilated do I have to be to start? Oh my god, I did. I was yeah. so it's so intense yeah, with no, the training. I was, the same. I was. But 
I wouldn't say any of that actually went to use because I don't think he did a single thing of it in the actual birth. <laughs> I do think they just need to know the physiology, like what actually happens to our body, why, what can stall it and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so did you sort of write preferences to take to the hospital with you? Yeah, I think I um, had like three. I'm pretty sure I shared them with you before I gave birth. Yeah, no, you did. Um, <laughs> I think yours ended up looking way better than mine. And I remember being like, I, I was like, oh, of course, Chase's looks so much better than mine. Do you know what? <laughs> I didn't even get mine out. And because I just wasn't even, I don't know why. I just didn't even get mine out. And I, I think I got Sam, them out like, and did nothing my preferences. with them. Yeah, I was exactly the same. And Sam was like, do you not think it's a bit rude to like give this to the midwife? Like, I'm sure they're going to do this anyway. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, this is what they will be expecting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I think, do you know what? I think the preferences in a way are really nice for the woman who is pregnant because it's almost like that mental checkbox of like, yeah, Mm. I have jotted down everything, even if you don't end up using it, like, which I, to be honest, didn't Mm -hmm. um, end up using a lot of it. But I think for the woman to be able to put that together is a process for them to almost like tick that box of like yes this is what I want this is what I want so even if you don't end up using it it's not that they were like totally not valuable it's just that you know when push comes to shove and you're actually in the real thing having time to go through a page document like hang on let me refer to this on page page three I did actually put I did it from this (laughs) let me just pull that from my briefcase like you know, but I think for the woman to be able to put that together is really nice for them. And it almost feels like yeah, one of those final things that you do before you're ready to really give birth. And I think it does help because it prompts you like, okay, what do you want after you've given birth? So like, do you want a golden hour? Do you want cord clamping? Like yeah. it makes you think about things that you maybe hadn't considered yet. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like there was definitely, I say I didn't use it, you know, thinking back to it, there was definitely elements, you know, they said, do you want us to cut the cord straight away or wait? Like, mm-hmm. um, what else was it? Uh, like, do you want the vitamin, is it the vitamin A shot or whatever? Yeah, yeah something like, like that. Like that, that sort of stuff, like the, almost the stuff that actually comes after birth, like the questions mm-hmm. that come after that, like, do you want us to do this with them? Do you want your, you know, your hour alone, whatever. Yeah. That stuff, actually, a lot of my preferences did come from that document. So, um, and I think, you know, again, that going through that process of actually writing it almost like ingrains it into your brain. Yeah, for sure. So then, let's get on to your birth. Um, what were your first signs of labour? Like, did you go overdue? Yeah, so I was, I think I was 41 plus one in the end. Um, How were you feeling leading up to that? Like, were you totally fed up? Absolutely horrific. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just felt so huge. I had the worst girdle pain, uh, so which painful. is like that. Yeah, your pain in your thighs. Um, I also had sciatica. Um, so yeah, I was I was ready, and I kept like waking in the night and getting like these pains like these weird sort of pains and thinking oh my god like is this it and it was like that for like a week leading up to the actual labor and it's funny you say that because Hannah who I did with the episode previous to this one had the same and like for like four or five nights in a row it's like these false starts but it's just your body getting ready isn't it yeah exactly so that's what I was getting and like I think there was two nights in particular where they actually got quite strong I mean in the grand scheme of things they were nothing compared to the real thing but like 
do you know what I mean? Like relatively strong, like enough to stop me from sleeping. Um, yeah. And so I was like bouncing on my ball downstairs at like 3am in the morning. Like, yeah, she's coming, she's coming. And then it would stop. And I'd be like, oh my God. So and I felt really deflated every single time it stopped. Like I, I have read in multiple places that people almost felt like it was like I don't know, like that feeling of failure that it stopped, like I'd done something wrong to, to for mm-hmm. it to stop. Um, and even though I'd like read all that stuff, I still felt like it. that. Yeah, like I still course. felt like, hey, what, what's stopping it? Like, and I remember like the week I was due, I we had the kids, we had the two boys and I remember just like hating them that week. It sounds so mm. mean, but I was just like, how am I supposed to go into labor if I'm constantly so stressed with you guys? Yeah, Realistically, yeah, yeah. they actually weren't causing me much stress. I think I was doing that to myself. I was just convinced that the only way that I was going to go into labor is if I was basically so zen that no one spoke to me and I just sat in a dark room with like meditation music on for a full week yeah. or something, <laughs> which isn't realistic. Um but yeah, like I started getting, I started getting those pains and, and they were kind of coming on and off and, and stuff. And then, um, I think it was, I think my midwife said to me, okay, when you're 41 weeks, exactly. You can have a, what's it called? Sweep. Sweep. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm there. Like I'm, I'm ready for this. And I remember, yeah, give me the sweep. And I remember <laughs> my mum saying to me, like, I reckon you're going to have this sweep and it's literally going to send you right over the edge. And she was not wrong because (laughs) (laughs) I had my sweep, which was quite painful, but not that bad. It felt like Mm -hmm. a really bad period sort of thing for like 10 seconds and it was over. Um, So I'd say like, don't be scared of that. Personally, it was like fine for me. It's 10 seconds, grit your teeth, done. And then I think it was literally 45 minutes later, I was in Sainsbury's buying some chalky biscuits uh, <laughs> and treats for myself um, and doing a bit of like a sort of, you know, drop-in food shop. Um, and I had my first contraction going around oh Sainsbury's. Gosh. And I remember thinking to myself, so this is what people mean by you, you'll you know when you know. Because oh I was like, Oh my God, did oh. you know instantly? Okay, this is it. Oh my God, it was a, that was a different ball game like and it 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 is everyone kept saying it like builds up it's not like high intense the whole time it like builds up and I just felt like this feeling of like cramping around my whole stomach coming up through my whole body and I was Mm -hmm. like ah yes this is this is definitely what they meant when you know you'll know and I was like well and I was I remember going around and I was like well it's going to be a while so I may as well carry on with my food shop like mm-hmm. I don't know how regularly they're going to come so yeah I just carried on walking around Sainsbury's getting some chalky biscuits and and sweets and stuff for myself <laughs> and what about like the drive home then were you able to breathe through them at this point like you didn't have to stop or anything um yeah I don't I don't really remember the drive home to be honest with you, but I don't remember struggling to do it. I mean, it was only like literally it's like five minute right, uh, drive. So I imagine I probably just put my foot down a little bit and got, and got back. Um, but I don't mm-hmm. remember them being so intense at that point where they were stopping me too much from doing what I wanted to do. I might just have to stop for a few seconds and breathe. Okay. And then, so when did things start progressing? Like you got home and, what time was that when you've had your first contraction in Sainsbury's to the time that did, when did you start thinking, oh, maybe I should call the hospital? 
Yeah, so um, I had my sweep at 11 a.m. And we left for the hospital at 4 p.m. So it was quite quick. Oh, like I wow, felt like yeah. it went quite quick. So I got home at like 12 after I'd done like 12 15 ish after I'd done my food shop and like was just bouncing on my ball and nursing my tens machine like no end um yeah so when did you put that on did you put that on as soon as you got home yeah I put it on as soon as I got home and then just started using it as and when I needed it but to be honest it ramped up really quickly like I think Mm -hmm. within within about an hour and a half my contractions went from every seven minutes to every like two minutes um and then it very very quickly got up to I think I was having a contraction every minute just before we left oh my goodness something like that I might be wrong but that's how yeah I'm pretty sure that's what because we we called the hospital and I remember saying like this is what I'm experiencing this how long they're lasting and so on they were like yeah yeah you need to come in um and yeah that's when we left so I think we left at about four to get to the hospital and how was that when you get to the hospital did they sort of examine you to see how sort of dilated you were or did you not bother yeah yeah no so they we went to like triage or whatever it's called and sat in the waiting room it surprised me how long we sat in the like like that bit oh my of the god waiting it drags room. on doesn't it yeah I was like there's no one know I'm about to have a baby <laughs> I was really confused I was like I was like does anyone know that this is kind of an emergency like I'm just about to birth a child <laughs> I was like, I've been sat here for like 20 minutes like Jesus <laughs> anyone gonna come to me um but obviously they're just so chilled because they know how realistically how long you're gonna be yeah yeah I mean it's very rare that women come in and that you know three hours later they're having the, the babies come out and stuff so you know of course they're taking things at a leisurely pace but I was just totally shocked I was like should I not be being like ran to my room in a wheelchair right now or something like <laughs> um and those chairs aren't particularly comfortable (laughs) no they're really not they're really horrible color Mm. um but yeah so they examined me and I remember before she examined me again I had that feeling of failure again because she said to me look it's really rare that first time mums come in and don't have to get sent home like usually it's that we examine you and you've got to go home and I was like well I've just driven 45 minutes in rush hour traffic and had the worst car journey of my life that you had a 45 minute journey yeah yeah and I was like I'm not being funny I'll chain myself to this chair if I have to I'm not driving (laughs) I'm not leaving like I'm Hmm. staying right here until this baby comes out I remember I was furious um I was probably a bit cold with the poor lady who said it to me as well um but anyway she examined me you're a lady you're allowed to be (laughs) yeah I remember she examined me and she went right scrap that I was wrong you're four centimetres or you're four and a half centimetres, you're, you're staying here. We're oh going to get you up to your room. And I was like, yes, I'm so glad. <laughs> because I did not want to do that car journey home and I was not no. ready to have an argument with, with a midwife that I was chaining myself mm. to their chair. <laughs> uh, were you happy then with four and a half centimetres? Were you like, amazing, I'm nearly halfway, like I can keep going and this is good? Yeah, I was actually. And like, Hayden said to me like how are you feeling like pain wise and stuff and like don't get me wrong the the contractions were painful I wouldn't even call them painful they were intense they were really Mm. intense it wasn't like it wasn't like pain like I I think of pain as like you know when you burn yourself on a hob or something or like Mm -hmm. something like that like stub your toe (laughs) 
probably shouldn't yeah. say it's like stopping your toe but like it's <laughs> like quick pain but this is more like it takes over your whole body sort of thing yeah like super it's like a intense. feeling is, do you know what I mean yeah so I was just like I was as long as I was moving I was like up and over like they said I was just wiggling my hips and stuff and I would just use my tens machine that tens machine got me through some like really intense um contractions to be honest with you because it's just another sensation it takes your mind away from it's not mm-hmm. that it takes the the pain or the feeling away it's just another sensation for your brain to focus on and so it kind of yeah, like absolutely that's what I was thinking to there's myself there's no way I could time. have got through my birth without a TENS machine no anyway. I don't think I could have and either also the, did you use the wave comb as well yes I did use the wave comb yeah yeah, yeah. I did use another it another amazing um, one I think pretty sure I indented my entire hand by by the yeah. end um, do you know what I'm surprised it. I didn't draw blood like the how hard I was pressing that into my palms like it was I think they they're designed more, but there was no they? blood yeah, yeah, so I clever. think they're designed in such a way that they're not. I think that's why they're quite expensive. Those actual wave wave combs because they're designed yeah. in such a way that they're not going to end up going through the poor lady's hand. <laughs> Definitely. And so you're in your room, and yeah, how are you progressing? When were you next examined? How are you feeling? Yeah, so they examined me, um, got up into the room. It took a little while to get like the room set up and stuff like that. So they examined me pretty soon after I got into the room because I think by the time I'd got up there and they'd sort of set everything up and everything and the midwife had done all of her documentation mm-hmm. and everything, I think it had maybe been like an hour and a half by that point. So they examined me then um, and I think I was like five centimetres or something by that mm-hmm. point. Um, and they were like, yeah, really pleased with your progression and everything. And then she asked me like, do you want us to run the the pool for you? Like the birthing Yeah, I was going to say, did you have a pool? Yeah, I did. And it, it wasn't something um, I had really... I kind of knew in my head, like I didn't want to give birth in the pool, like actively mm-hmm. birth birth ophelia in there um but again I was kind of like I might feel like it at the time you don't know I was quite open to it but I knew that I kind of almost wanted like that different setting to be able to take myself to so that I could be like okay like I'm here for one bit and then when it gets too intense I can go there like kind of like just having a different setting um so yeah she ran the the um pool for me which was really nice it was a really lovely room like it was absolutely massive um and my midwife like the first midwife that I had because I think I ended up having uh, one two three four in total um yeah yeah, the shift changes um but the first one that I had was with me for a very large proportion of it um Mm -hmm. and she was so nice and I I say this to to people quite a lot like I enjoyed my labor up until seven centimeters like I genuinely enjoyed it like I was Mm -hmm. like jumping (laughs) pouncing on my ball um yeah I think you had really good ways of managing your pain yeah I just I I was just quite enjoying it like I was super chilled it's probably the most relaxed I've been in my life like given the fact Mm -hmm. I was just about to have a child and like usually how kind of over in control I try and be of everything I mm-hmm. I wasn't like that at all I actually was just like yeah zen super chill like I didn't have any gas and air up until seven centimeters either like I was coping fine mm-hmm. I'd get in the pool every single time it got a bit intense and then I'd get out have some more fruit pastels and bounce on my ball and watch Game of Thrones and I was just like chatting to my midwife about her life about her kids about her husband like it was so mm-hmm. nice like, I felt like I was so just nice. like 
having a good get together with a friend to be honest with you the only <laughs> was I was just about to birth a baby and I remember no way. I remember the midwives coming in and being like god this room is so zen like we we all want to be in here because one of the midwives for me was like god my room is so different this woman is screaming <laughs> and I could hear some like screaming in the background but it didn't really bother me I was just I was just quite happy I was like you know what I'm, I feel like I'm in a hot tub I've got my favorite snacks Got this lovely lady to chat to about life. We've got yeah. Game of Thrones on in the background. It's lovely. What, what could you want? Yeah, it was quite enjoyable. So no, I genuinely enjoyed my my birth up until seven centimeters. Okay, so what happened at seven centimeters? Uh, I damn popped my waters. Um, so, and this is where like preferences and kind of getting your partner to actually be involved. I wish. I don't, I don't blame him for this at all because it's equally as a, it's, it's such an overwhelming experience for them too. You know, it's easy that you have all these ideas of what you're going to say and what you want to do before you do something. And then when you get there, you know, it's very different and it just all goes so quickly. So I don't blame him at all, but I, I do, I, I, that's the one thing I wish I could change was they popped my waters. And it's the one criticism I have of the midwife actually is that she didn't mm. ask my permission and she went ahead and did it. I was laying down at that point on my back anyway because they were just about to examine me. Um, so is that what she was doing? She was examining you? That's what you yeah, think was happening? Yeah, she was examining me and she was disappointed. I don't know if disappointed is the right word. That's not fair. But she was, she had hoped that I would have progressed further because uh-huh. I had been pro- okay. progressing really well up until that point within the timeframes that they have. And this is the one criticism I have of the hospital setting for, for giving birth is that because they're on such a tight time frame with everything, everything is stuck to these stupidly rigid time frames in order to give mm-hmm. birth. It's like, if you haven't progressed by this, if you haven't progressed by that, and it's like, not like giving birth not linear like that no and, absolutely not and so you know they were like oh you're only seven centimeters and I was like well I've still progressed a centimeter fine it's slowed down a little bit but my contractions are getting more you know mm-hmm. intense I'm like it's building it's building like it's building in its own time and that is the one criticism I have of of hospital settings versus you know a birthing center where they do just let it happen as and when yeah. it comes mm-hmm. um is that, yeah, she popped my waters without me asking. And that's really when it kind of went very, very downhill from there um, for me very, very quickly as well. Yeah, to uh, to not ask for consent is really, really awful. Yeah, and look, you know, it's not, it's not like she did it on purpose. They're so in autopilot. Like how many mm-hmm. babies had she birthed that day? She'd been on a, mm-hmm. I think she was on a 14 hour shift or whatever. So she might've been on a maybe third, maybe she'd mm-hmm. been in three different rooms. I don't know, but they're so in autopilot with everything. I don't think it's a, it's like a vicious, I'm not going to ask for consent because this is the best thing yeah, for yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to do the best thing too, but. Yeah, they just, they're just working at a million miles an hour. They're so busy and stuff and so resource stretched and everything. So they just do what they're used to doing. So, you know, not a criticism in a nasty way, but yeah, I do, no, I do yeah. wish they hadn't done that because that is is it went so so wrong after that for me so what did that lead to what did what happened sort of immediately after the water's coming yeah so Ophelia's heart rate was really really good um up until that point and essentially what happened when they put my waters is she went into absolute panic and her heart rate went up to like a dangerous um a dangerous what's it called like zone I suppose um and 
they kind of basically like freak, I they basically freaked out and they were like if you don't get if she doesn't get her heart rate down like you're going to be you're going to need an emergency cesarean like this is that mm-hmm. and sort of thing and I just remember the pain I went from being able to manage it to being able to breathe through it to kind of enjoying it to I have never felt pain like that in my entire life. I mm-hmm. could, I couldn't get through it. I, I just couldn't. I was crying. I was vom- like vomiting constantly. I think oh, me and my partner laugh now that like his right arm from holding a sick bucket all night, like felt like it was going to drop off by the end of the night because he'd literally, oh he had sick all over him. The sick all over. I was literally throwing up every sort of 30 to 60 seconds. And that was because of the sheer amount of pain I was in. Um, and obviously I was also panicking as well because I felt like some, I felt like it was my sole responsibility to get my daughter's heart rate back down mm-hmm. so that I could birth her safely. And that mm-hmm. really annoyed me. <laughs> and they made me lay on my back, which was the one so thing painful. that was so painful for me. I could not so put weight on my, like on my bottom. Like I just couldn't do it because mm-hmm. most of the pain for me was down my sides. And so by sitting, it almost felt like that was being crunched together and I just couldn't get that movement in. Yeah. And especially so they, when you've been moving the whole time and you're used exactly. to that. That's how you're managing your pain mm-hmm. to not be able to do that anymore. It's horrendous. So they strapped that heart rate monitor around my stomach and they were like, you've got mm. to lay still. And I was like, I can't lay still. And by this point, I was shouting, screaming, swearing, like you name it. And I remember her being like, look, we've got to do it. It was two hours I had to lay there for with this thing on me. Oh my God. And it was just the worst two hours of my life. Like it was just, it's just horrendous. I just remember saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And then eventually I got up and I tried to, she said, you need to try and go to the loo. You need to try and go for a wee. And I was like, well, how mm. the frickity frick am I supposed to go for a pee when I am in so much pain? I've also been throwing mm. up so much. I've got no bodily fluids left in me. Like there's nothing mm. here. Um, but anyway, I tried to go for a wee. And I remember just saying to my partner, I was like, I want a goddamn cesarean and I want one right now. He was yeah. like, Emily, no, you can do this. You can so do this. You're at eight oh. centimeters now. You can do this. I was like, I can't do this. I was like, I'm no. telling you, I can't. I've used all my, like, all my power to get through the last two hours. And I, I can't do any more. Like, I can't do it. He was like, you can, Emily, and you're going to have to. And I remember the midwife saying to me, even if you want a cesarean, it's not an option for you right now. So you're oh, gonna wow. have to, you're you. gonna kind of have to do it I think they said it in a nicer way than that but they were like it's just not an option and I remember just kind of being like well what is an option like yeah what, what is can you give me what, how can you help me because I'm telling you right now I do not I have the energy it. to push mm-hmm. this baby out mm-hmm. um in the next hour or two I, I don't have any more left to give I've used yeah. all my energy getting through this pain in the last two hours and then she said she said to me the drug that we could give you now is pethidine Mm-hmm. um and again did you know much goes, about pethidine I knew a lot about pethidine actually because my mum's super pro pethidine and I was actually hey. super against it um so my mum had pethidine in order to get her get her through one of her births with one of us can't remember which one and she vows that it was the best decision that she'd ever made mm. from me from like a moral compass perspective I wasn't comfortable with putting a possibly uh, transferring to a essentially it's you know it's like heroin in a way like it's mm. it's it's really 
in my mind nasty stuff and I think because of connections I've got from previous experience with family members with drug problems and stuff that for me was like almost kind of like a I don't want anything to do with that sort of thing and so I really wanted to try and avoid that but I knew a lot about it in terms of the fact that it's not so much a pain medication it's much more of an anti-anxiety medication but it does make you drowsy Mm -hmm. and so I think what I, I think where my preferences did actually really help now that I'm, you know, speaking out loud about it is that I had that background one about what pethidine yeah, was. Yeah, the knowledge. And it gave me the ability to be able to to think about what is more important to me at this moment in mm. time. And I, I remember standing there talking to, I mean, I probably wasn't standing there. I was probably like hunched over crying or whatever in pain. But I remember thinking to myself, okay, option one, no pethidine I don't think I can get through this birth Mm. on my own I think I'll end up needing a cesarean because I don't think I'll be able to push her out Mm -hmm. or an epidural yeah well epidural was too late I was eight centimeters yeah is that the cutoff eight centimeters no the cutoff's much earlier than that I think the cutoff's like five centimeters I think You've got to decide pretty quick if you oh want an epidural. Oh my god, I didn't realise it was that early. Yeah, it's really, really quite early. I, I think it's five centimetres or something like that, but I know it's yeah, much yeah, more yeah. on the earlier scale. You can't have one later down the line. Um, so that oh. was out of the question. Epidural was on a no-go. Okay. Um, so really, pethidine was, to be honest with you, my only best my option. only option at this point. So it was either no pethidine and do it without any drugs or pethidine and try and give a go at pushing this baby out. Yeah. Um, and I chose the pethidine with the mm-hmm. with knowing that okay fine it might go through to her bloodstream or whatever but the worst thing that's going to happen is that she's going to be a bit drowsy when she's yeah, born exactly and in the grand scheme of things she'll be okay yeah and she'll be fine you know they wouldn't mm-hmm. give it to her if they thought that there was something you know bad going to happen so I chose to have the pethidine and I am so glad that I did I'm really glad that I made that decision to take it because it instantly well within like 15 minutes I was so mm-hmm. calm I was breathing again and the pain was still there. It was still very, very much there. It didn't really get rid of the pain, but what it did do is allow me to be so calm that I could get my breathing back again. You could deal with the pain again. That I could have conversations between mm-hmm. between contractions and also that between contractions I could actually close my eyes and rest a little bit. And that's what mm-hmm. I needed. I needed a bit of rest in order to then get through the pushing part which is you know arguably one of the hardest parts um is getting through that pushing part and I needed it so I'm so glad now looking back I chose to I chose to take the pethidine and did Ophelia's heart rate come down it did yeah 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 it did so it came down before I'd made the decision to take the pethidine uh so after the two hours of monitoring and you know hell of laying on my back it did I did manage I say I did manage to get it down. She managed to get it down, but I quite like giving myself some credit for the yeah, fact that yeah, it, was you it did come right. down. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it, it did come. It did come down again, um, which was really good because if it hadn't, I would have ended up in an emergency cesarean yeah. anyway. It wouldn't have been a decision. And so, when did how long then until you were able to start pushing? I, th- I feel like it was pretty soon after that, and it wasn't even. Mm. Um, it wasn't even like it wasn't a conversation it just started happening because I remember them teaching you that like when you're ready to push like your body will tell you you are ready to push and Mm -hmm. she was like I think you're close 
I think it, I remember her saying like it'll be another like hour or something but I think within the half an hour mark I started getting that I'm getting the urge to push Mm -hmm. and it literally takes your entire breath away it is like it's incredible like like totally in awe of what the what the female body is is does like it totally I remember saying I I feel ready to push and I couldn't even finish my sentence because my entire body took over and was contracting and I just had to push and it felt so good to push like when someone says to you it feels like you're doing a giant big poo like it's just it feels like you want want to push and it is the most satisfying for me anyway it was such a nice feeling to push like I felt like I was doing what my body needed to do and it was Mm -hmm. so nice to just let it do that and I didn't really need to do like much because my body was doing it for me and were you stood up um no I was so when I when that started happening I was actually like laying on my side on my right hip because for some reason I got this urge it must have been something to do with like the positioning of where Ophelia was but I got the urge to lay on my right hand side with my left leg like cocked up in the air like I was like holding mm. on to it it's so funny because the next day my bicep really hurt because I'd been holding, holding my leg so the whole time <laughs> <laughs> holding the weight of my big fat tree trunk leg for so true. long that, so that my bicep the next day I felt like but yeah so I was actually laying on my right hand side with my leg mm-hmm. cocked up and then once we kind of said okay right like it's really started time to start pushing now like I flipped over and did what they tell you to do up and over which is how I'd been kind of like dealing with my contractions earlier on like I said mm-hmm. so I was like okay I'm laying on the bed but like up and over sort of thing like crouching forwards mm-hmm. Um, and I was pushing for like an hour and just basically a head kept coming out and then going back going in, back in. Out mm-hmm. and like, and it was just exhausting. And I remember them like the head midwife or whatever coming in after like an hour of trying to get her yeah, head out. Yeah, being like you're set, on the clock. Like looking at the clock. Yeah. God damn you, bitch. Like, yeah, I will I do this. I can. <laughs> and I just remember thinking to myself, I have not come this goddamn this far, far. Yeah. to be told that I can't do it. Like, I'm yeah. doing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care, but I'm bloody doing it. I'm not having this head midwife tell me that I need to, you know, have an emergency cesarean or whatever because I've, you know, whatever, not, yeah, not ticked their box in terms of timing. So, funnily enough, I don't know what, prompted me to do it maybe it was one of the midwives but I think they I think they said something like look maybe it's time to try another position and yeah it suddenly struck me that at the beginning when my body had naturally started pushing for me I was laying on my right hand side with my leg cocked up and I Mm. thought I know they say don't lay on your back or whatever and you shouldn't be in that that position and I was following you know all of the birthing courses and all that sort of stuff I was like screw it like fuck it this worked for me like I'm, I'm gonna try this like it felt good me lying yeah. like that before so why don't I do it again I am not joking the minute I turned over laid on my right hand hip cocked my leg up in the air I had one contraction and a head came out <laughs> and stayed out oh my god yeah so, maybe just the position she was in as well you know like I don't know well. I think listen to your body, you know, that all of these birthing yeah. courses and stuff, they're absolutely amazing. But ultimately your body's going to do what it needs to do on the day. Um, and no, no book or no course can write that for you. Mm-hmm. And then did she come out in the next contraction, the rest of her body? 
I think it took a couple more. Um, yeah. I just remember that ring of fire just being the most horrendous. Burn. Yeah. The burn. It's the intense, burn. There's no other burn. And then they're like, don't push, don't push, don't push. And you're like, <laughs> oh my God. It's, um, yeah. But then I remember, it's so funny, isn't it? Because I would have thought like before having a baby, like, okay, you get the head out and yeah, that's painful, but surely the body's painful too. Nope. I know. It's not literally just like... Head comes out and it literally just (laughs) comes out. And I was like, well, that was easy, that part. Like, why couldn't it all be like that? Um, But yeah, it all... Did they put her straight on your chest? Yeah, they did. And funnily enough, it was so funny because I I obviously tore, like, I I obviously tore, like, near my clitoris, like, a bit lower down or whatever. Um, And I remember when they got her out, obviously no fault of their own, but she was obviously attached still to the cord and the cord was landed on my vagina. Right on it. And I just remember, like, all I could focus on the fact was they were going, oh, like, you know, and I was like, just get that cord off my goddamn vagina. (laughs) I just don't want anything on it. But yeah, yeah, they put her her straight on me. um, And then it all just turns into, you know, total time warp. I have no idea how long she was on me before they took her off. I don't remember. I think I was exhausted on, like, obviously had this pethidine in me. I was overwhelmed. Like, yeah, I don't know. But it felt felt very fast, I think. Yeah. Um, And was she crying? Like, did they check her over and she was all okay? Yeah, she cried. Um, she cried instantly, actually. Um, and but then she stopped crying pretty quickly when she was put on the chest, which was lovely. Um, I'll, I'll never forget the little first photos her with her little hand around my pinky. Uh, and she just oh, looks thanks. like a little prawn. So <laughs> um, <laughs> they just I come out looking so the photos of like, there's a photo of you and her, I think, and you like zoomed in on her face, and you're like, look at her. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, I love her. Yes, like, I do. I love oh her. My God, yeah, of course. But I love her way more now than out. I did at the beginning. But she was ugly. Yeah. She first came out like <laughs> her <laughs> head. Like her head was bizarre. Oh, like, she was so cute. Her little hair and oh, bless oh, her. Oh yeah, her little black duckling hair. Yeah, I mean, God, so and just cute. the noises they make when they're newborn are just, just the little squeaks and stuff are just to die for. Bless them. And so I forgot to say, did you have the um, injection for the placenta cut to come out? Yeah, I did, and it came out literally within like forty-five seconds of having the injection, oh, and it was. The nicest feeling in the world. After I gave birth to Ophelia, I kind of still felt like there was something in my body that's not meant to be there. I can't Mm -hmm. explain it. It's not something I've ever felt before, but it felt like this, like something was there. And I was like, I just want to get it out. You know, like I want to cleanse. Yeah, (laughs) Um, definitely. And the minute the placenta came out, I was like, oh, I felt like free I felt like my Mm. body was like I've done like and I think also just like the mental like there's nothing left to do to do like you're done you've done it and it just felt so good and I remember the midwives coming in it was one of the weirdest things anyone's ever said to me probably the weirdest about 10 minutes after that my placenta had come out they obviously I don't know they took it out of the room or whatever I don't know what they do with Mm. it and they came back in and about four of them came in at the same time. They were like, we've just been admiring your placenta. I was like, <laughs> that's uh, okay. That's cool. Why? And they Thank were like, it is, 
they were like, it's possibly the largest placenta we've ever seen. No way. Oh, my God. I was like, okay. And do you know what? It's so funny because everyone kept saying to me, you're going to have a big baby. You're going to have a big baby. And I was like, basically, just saying I'm huge. I know it. I know I'm big. No, you were. I was. I was big towards the end. And um, You were pregnant. Everyone kept saying to me, you're going to have a big baby. You're going to have a big baby or whatever. But I kept being told that she wasn't growing fast enough and all this sort Mm. of stuff, which she was. But anyway. and um, Yeah, how big was she? she was seven seven so totally mm. normal seven pounds seven ounces um and I just remember like turning to Hayden so and me being like oh that big old baby actually turns out it was just a mammoth placenta bless you <laughs> it's just bizarre like we've just been admiring your placenta I was like that is the strangest thing anyone's ever, anyone's me, ever complimented me on yeah <laughs> and did you have to have stitches for your tear yeah I did so I had two two tears one second degree and one first degree mm-hmm. um and I had stitches and I opted for like obviously the p- pain relief that I think they put directly yeah. they inject you don't they and I think they also mm-hmm. put on like a gel or something that like numbs okay. the area as well couldn't feel mm-hmm. a thing um oh, I think I was having a good old chin wag and enjoying my cup of tea and toast at this point while they were sewing me up um and yeah, it, it went really quickly and they they were so lovely about it. I, it was the one point where I felt a little bit uh, weird about having my vagina out. I hadn't cared the whole process. You were just out of it then, aren't you? Because But then it suddenly the felt like... Birth and you're like, hey, this is actually just normal life It now. suddenly felt really weird to kind of have my bum hole and my vagina straight <laughs> in someone's face. So open, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I'd had I'm it there you. the whole like 27 hours or however many hours it ended up being or whatever, but it just felt weird at that point. I was just very uber aware. I was like, my bum hole is literally in someone's face right now. <laughs> But it all went really quickly, and they were so, so they were so lovely, and they do such a great job, don't they, of like just talking around it and stuff, and keeping your mind mm-hmm. busy on other things rather than making you feel awkward. So yeah, so good. So then, yeah, let's tell me about your postpartum. How did you find those first few weeks? Um, I remember the first week being bliss. To be honest, like, mm. um. I wish I knew what was to come. Yeah. It was like this falseness. Like she was just easy. Like she was sleeping pretty well in the night. She was waking every like three hours, four Mm -hmm. hours. So I was actually getting good sleep. Like Mm -hmm. she was waking twice a night for a newborn. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Hardly cried. Easy baby. Just like lovely. And I remember thinking to myself, like, what an idiot. I was like, I was like, this is so what easy. I'm complaining about. <laughs> like, this is actually quite easy. Like, yeah. I don't know why everyone makes such a big deal out of this. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it was as soon as my partner went back to work that then it started. Oh, yeah. Like, just the constant crying not knowing what was wrong the wind the witching hour like whatever the hell you call it like obviously they're not smiling so I was like do you even like me do you hate me Mm -hmm. the realization that my body was a whole world apart from what it was pre-pregnancy not being able to move my sciatica came back my stitches were uncomfortable my boobs were uncomfortable I felt disgusting. Just that came crashing down pretty mm-hmm. fast and that bubble burst very quickly and I suddenly realised 
like wow this this is a lot and I'm not sure I'm even enjoying this and I remember sitting in bed with Hayden (laughs) sounds so bad I remember sitting in bed with Hayden and I used to get like the nighttime scaries. I've read a few influencers talk oh about God, this before, the nighttime scaries, like fear of the night that's to come. Mm-hmm. Like it's a thing with new mums. Mm-hmm. And I got, I was getting it bad. And I remember looking at Hayden and I was like, why did we do this? And he was like, what do you mean? You're I was so like, why did we like... do this? We had a nice life. We ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> why have we done this to ourselves? <laughs> um yeah so to be honest with you I was pretty miserable the first three months um after giving birth whether I suffered with postnatal depression I don't know I don't think I did Mm -hmm. but I do think I was pretty depressed Mm -hmm. um I remember I just wanted to go back to work I was I just want my life back like Mm -hmm. I want my body back I look disgusting you know I want a full night's sleep I want to be able to work out I want to be able to go where I want when I want I just I do remember feeling pretty down about mm-hmm. all of it there was obviously moments of happiness and when she first you know first did her first smile and first laugh yeah. and stuff like that like yeah of course but those first it can three be months really of- isolating though yeah they're pretty thankless and pretty lonely mm-hmm. yeah you know, I live I live out in the sticks I don't have that many close friends around mm-hmm. like one or two but they're also really busy with their other children and other lives and stuff so I was often spending the day totally by myself with a screaming baby I had nothing to talk about other than being a mum because I had nothing going on in my life so I totally lost all my social skills I felt very anxious in social situations I felt crap about the way that I looked like you know I'm not going to I'm not going to lie and say that I was uh, feeling eternally grateful for this baby that had come into my life at that point because I wasn't. I loved her, but I loved her very much in a primal way versus a kind of, you know, I love her for this. I love I'm, her for I'm that. loving this experience. Yeah, exactly. Like mm. I wasn't, I was hate, I was fucking hating the experience. It was bloody awful. It ruined my life. And it got better and better. I think the first eight weeks were the worst because she, she wasn't really smiling. But then after that, it started getting better, you know, she started smiling at me when I came in the room and that sort of stuff and like just interacting a bit more and holding things. And it just, it really is true when people say just wait, it gets better and better because it just, every month it gets better and better and better. better and better. It doesn't get easier. The, the challenges become different. That's all. It's just, you know, different challenges, but it gets better and better in the sense of you get so much back from them. It is the most rewarding experience in life. Nothing beats it. It's amazing. Oh, well, I think that's probably a very nice date to end on. (laughs) Yeah, good. Don't be scared. Yeah, no, it does get good, I promise. (laughs) Yeah, it's not all awful, I promise. (laughs) Bless you, but I know um, how busy you are, so thank you yeah, so no much. Babe. Honestly, yeah, I appreciate That's it. Okay, I've actually enjoyed it. I, like, I thought I was going to really struggle to remember. <laughs> no, you smashed it. Honestly, thank you so, so, so much. Oh, that's okay, babe. No worries at all. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode from the Birth Stories podcast. If you've got any requests or any feedback, please do let us know. Head over to our Instagram page. It's at the Birth Stories Podcast. And so excited to see you again next week. Thank you.